You're listening to The Kelly Cotrera Show, 900 CHML, 980 CFL, 640 Toronto, and anywhere on the Radio Player Canada app. And a very, very good Thursday to you. Thanks for being here on June the 8th. Look, at the first time I heard of misophonia was during the pandemic, and I was really relieved because it meant that I now understood why my husband hates, and I'm going to play a sound. If you think you have misophonia or you hate loud eaters, it's a warning to you. Because I'm going to play the sound. My husband hates this sound. You can pull it down. If you can relate, you are not alone. In fact, my next guest just recently studied this, misophonia. Found that one in five people have this condition. It's amazing. Jane Gregory from the Department of Experimental uh, Psychology at the University of Oxford joins the Kelly Cotrera Show. Jane, I am so happy you could be with us today. Thanks for having me, and thank you for talking about misophonia. Listen, I thought uh, it was just me, and my husband thought I was disgusting um, when I ate chips, but it is really, it's a condition. Talk about misophonia. Yeah, I think that experience is common to so many couples, that the person with misophonia thinks they're the only person in the world who reacts this way, and the person they are with thinks that it's just that they are disgusting eaters. That's a really common example and and basically it's just a, a really intense emotional or physical reaction to specific sounds and eating is one of the most common ones but it can also be heavy breathing coughing sniffing clocks ticking any kind of repetitive sounds i kind of think i come from a family of uh, many uh, people that have misophonia because i think my sister was the first person i ever heard you know my brother used to eat um cereal in the morning as a kid, and you would hear my sister upstairs in the next level yell down, must you? And we thought it was ridiculous, but the possibility of her having misophonia is huge. So is it just, like, is it an actual condition, and where does it originate? What's happening? It's recently been defined as a disorder, and obviously this one in five number is not, we don't have expect that one in five people suffer at the level of a disorder, but there are people who are suffering really badly that it affects their day-to-day lives, work, relationships, study, all of that sort of thing. So if it gets to that level, then it would be considered a disorder, but it's not yet formally recognized in any of the normal sort of disorder manuals or anything like that. Okay. Could it be that now we're legitimizing people's irritation by giving it a title? That's a great question. And and I think that's something that people with misophonia have been told their whole lives, that it's it's just an irritation, get over it. And actually what we found in the study was that 85% of people said they don't like the sound of loud eating. So it's really normal not to like it, but yeah. the reaction was completely different. So it was either disgust or irritation was the most common response for people in the general population. But in the misophonia population, it was anger and panic. So the panic. nature of the reaction is different. Yeah. Can you speak to panic? Why would they panic? What 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 are they saying about that panic? What's causing them to panic? Like the feeling that they, they can, can't leave the room? That's one of them. Yeah, feeling trapped, feeling helpless, feeling like they might do something that they regret, feeling like they might like worrying that they might be offending the other person because of how disgusted their face looks. Wow. There's lots of different things that people fear in that moment and that can cause an anxious or panic response. But actually anger was the most common reaction in people with misophonia. Okay, so walk us through the study. I mean, this is a study that could trigger people, uh, you know, to to maybe feeling anger and maybe that leads to some sort of aggression. So how did you conduct the study and what did you learn? 
So the study was a, a general population study in the UK. So we used a questionnaire that we'd already tested on people with misophonia, and then we wanted to see what it was like in the general population. So this was a UK study representative sample, which means it sort of matched the UK population in terms of age, gender, and ethnicity. And then we asked them lots of questions based on this questionnaire. And then a small group of them we interviewed and the two um, psychologists interviewed to say whether they felt they did or didn't have misophonia. And then we used that to go back to the big study and work out how many people were likely to have misophonia from the big study. So what did we you do? Sorry, did you Sorry. Tra- did you use sounds? We didn't make them listen to sounds. We okay. asked them at, about their reactions to sounds, how intense the reactions were, but also sort of a, there's a bit more complexity to it. So it's also about how you feel. Lots of people with misophonia feel like there's something wrong with them for mm. reacting this way. Like they um, dislike themselves for reacting this way, or they that that sort of panicky feeling, that feeling trapped, feeling helpless, which in the general population, most people would say sounds don't cause that reaction. So we asked about that kind of stuff as well. Right. I I would imagine there's a lot of feelings of guilt, like the feelings that, you know, if you're making somebody feel bad that you're in the room with, that you care about while they're eating chips and enjoying a movie, you might feel uh, bad about about yourself. Yeah, it's often a really conflicted response because it it can feel like a real violation that this person is doing this right. thing to you, but also knowing that most people don't react that intensely and therefore it is something different about the way you react to sounds and then feeling bad that people can't just live their lives freely around you because of the way that it affects you. And I think that's that's sort of the same across other um neurodiversity so similar with autism or ADHD where people just react to the world in a different way and we have to figure out how to be able to get along. So your study showed that one in five people that you studied have misophonia. Did you expect it to be that high? I did because I'd been talking about misophonia for the last four or five years. I have it. And once I started talking about it, almost without fail, somebody would say, oh my goodness, that's what I have, or that's what my dad has, or that's right. what my best friend has. So I knew that just from talking to people that it was way more common than we thought. The reason why I asked, because it wasn't meant in any way, shape, or form to disrespect people to have misphonia. The reason why I asked if people could be kind of now they feel legitimized to, you know, have these feelings of irritation because now it has a title, misophonia, is because I've noticed since my husband, you know, uh, has had these feelings and we've got a name for it. I've noticed that some sounds drive me crazy now, but I think it's just because I'm more aware of his misophonia and the fact that some noises are just irritating. Is, My is husband that... said exactly the same thing. So he used to be on the lookout for sounds for me. So he would know that we might need to move seats or something Aww. like that. And he said that now, even when I'm not around, he finds himself getting really angry at other people. But it's more that he sort of feels bad for anyone near them with misophonia than it actually affecting him personally. He doesn't like the sounds, but yeah. it doesn't have the same sort of intense reaction that I get. So is there anything we can do about it, it, it other than, you know, eating softer snack food? part of it is just changing a little bit of behavior in the family home but also there are some strategies lots of people just use things like um, earplugs and headphones but also there's some techniques that we can do to make sort of trick our brain into finding out that this what feels like a danger isn't actually a danger so things like um 
maybe actually messing around with the sound. So if you sort of play the sound and then speed it up and slow it down or change the volume or something mm. like that, it can help to just create a new connection in the brain that tells you this is unpleasant, but it's not dangerous or not harmful to you. So it sounds like there's some chemical reaction going on. There's some adrenaline being released. Um, are you going to do that next? Is that your plan to conduct a study where you uh, modulate the sound? Yeah, absolutely. Something like that. So I'm, I'm a clinical psychologist by background. So therapy is the, the angle that I'm looking at here. How can we help mm -hmm. change these reactions for people? So that's absolutely the next step. Jane, I want to be your best friend because I need to know how your research goes so that my relationship is is kept on the, uh, you know, uh, in a nice place. If our, if our research can save one couple from getting divorced over Doritos, then we've done our job. It's not Doritos. It's plain, Jane. I can't help myself. <laughs> Listen, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. And I, you know, I make light of this study uh, because, you know, if you don't laugh, you'd cry or walk out of the room because you're disgusted by people. But misophonia is a real thing. And I think the more we're aware of it, uh, the less we take things personally, the more we can try and make everything comfortable for everyone. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate your work. And best of luck with you and your relationship with your husband. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. Jane Gregory is from the Department of Experimental Psychology at the University of Oxford. It's a real thing, misophonia. And uh, if you want more details, just take a little look at her study. One in five people have misophonia. Why common noises make some rage. Moshe Lander is joining us. I have it. It, you have it? That's what I was going to ask. So just for the sake of the audience that might not know, people just tuning in now, if you're just hearing about this, misophonia, funnily enough, affects, according to this prof, uh, one in five people in her study. So that's a lot of people. And it is this extreme aversion that actually elicits strong feelings from you. It could be uh, stress, could be anxiety, could be anger. When you hear a specific noise, like someone chewing, or it could be a clock ticking or water dripping, there are several examples of it. What do you have? Can you get specific with yours? Yeah, I'm happy to share. Uh, mine is with uh, chewing with your mouth open. Um, I can hear it across a room. So you and I could be having a conversation at a table in a restaurant, oh. and I can hear somebody across the room that like just the, you know... Oh, um, I, but it doesn't have to be like obnoxious. It's just merely I can hear like chewing. Um, if you chew even like crunchy food, even with your mouth closed, that that will make me crazy. I, I will um, start to like my leg will start tapping on the floor. I'll become impatient. Um, I've never snapped at anybody, but no, I, I will completely become uh, very irrational. And people eating around me uh, can start to become uncomfortable, too, because where they feel that they're being quiet to me. It's it's like you're chewing right in my ear. Um, you and I have spoken before about like Simpsons references. There's yeah. a, a Simpsons episode where um, Homer is sitting with Ned in church and Homer is breathing through his nose and Ned snaps on him saying, Stop it! Breathe through your damn mouth! That type of thing is misophonia. And so, no, for me, it's, it's uh, chewing, slurping, uh, those types of things make me crazy. And how long, when did you come, become aware of this? Like when you were a kid? Uh, yeah. Um, I was maybe early teens, uh, and I didn't have a name for it. I didn't have a diagnosis for it. I just knew that I, I would have to do things to try and avoid it. It's part of the reason why, mm. um, I constantly have headphones in my ears. I'm constantly recording listening to stopped. It's to drown out sound. Wow. All right. Uh, that's interesting because, uh, apparently it's, it's not a, it's a condition right now. It's not a diagnosed illness yet, but they're working towards that. Uh, so right now you just are irritable, but you're yeah. not alone. You are not alone. Yeah. 
No, it was it was so great to have a name attached to yeah. it uh, when I found out. And I only got the name attached a few years ago. Yeah, during um, the pandemic, uh, I think we first heard about it. It was during Passover because when everybody's eating their matzah uh, at the table, I have to go into another room. I, I, I can't I can't be around just even something as basic as like, what, are you, what am I supposed to do? I don't know what you're supposed to do, but just get it away from me. Um, I feel like said, I hit oh, the jackpot when getting into what freaks you out about noises. This is oh, incredible. Please. I'm so happy I, I opened this can of worms that we shared this moment together. Basically, it's just a, a really intense emotional or physical reaction to specific sounds. And eating is one of the most common ones, but it can also be heavy breathing, coughing, sniffing, clocks ticking, any kind of repetitive sounds. That was Jane Gregory from the Department of Experimental Psychology at the University of Oxford in England. She was on the Kelly Cutrera show earlier on talking about misophonia. And it turns out a lot of us have it. One in five in her study has it. And so I want to start off uh, going to the phones and finding out what sets you off, what noises uh, set you off. 416-870-6400, talk Laura in Midland, welcome to the Kelly Cutrera show. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for the call. What what drives you crazy? My ex-husband used to eat like an animal. The sound of him chewing would drive me. It triggered me so badly. We could never share a meal together. And I'm pretty sure that that was one of the reasons that we ended up splitting up because we could never sit together and eat. Wow, that's a I tough have- one. Yeah, I have another friend who kind of moans when they're eating. And again, I just want to rip their head off. I don't understand why you have to make so much noise when you're eating food. I think I may have driven you crazy as a kid because whenever I liked something, my parents knew because I would kind of hum as I ate. And it was unconscious. Uh, so, Laura, uh, I, you, we, I don't know that we want to go to restaurants together. I don't think so, Kelly. Won't work. But we'll still have right now and every day. And I, I love your show, but I, I hear can you. still listen to you. Just don't eat around me. I'll try not to. Thank you for the call. Hey, Gail in Toronto, what is your uh, misophonia oh, aversion? Chewing, chewing loudly, you know. Oh, it's, it's really disgusting. Um, we had a... I had a teacher, a music teacher at school, and he talked like that. He had some kind of impediment in his speech, and he always sounded like he was eating. And it was really? horrible. The smacking. It's the smacking of the mouth. I get it. I think I know what you're talking about. Mike in Etobicoke, welcome to the Kelly Cutrera Show. Kelly, please don't judge me. My wife's an absolute angel. Mm. I'll do anything for her. People even said, what is she doing with me? She brought home a tea kettle one time. I think it was the third time she used it. I looked at her and said, look, you got to get rid of that thing. It's me or the, the kettle. Whistling, the whistling in the kettle drove me insane. I said, they, they have to make one that doesn't make noise. She goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, just please take it back and you can drink all the tea you want. Absolutely drove me bonkers. I wonder that if you have crazy. misophonia. Like it, it is no, a real thing. I, no, I, yeah. I just get, I get irritated very easily. <laughs> I don't want to say I don't want to say I've got anything like that because okay. now everybody's going to jump on it. But yeah. just just yeah. the whistling of the tea. I've got lots of patience. All right, four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred one triple eight two two five. Talk, Robin London. We have something in common. I don't know if this is misophonia, but I have also suffered from. It's like a chalkboard. It's like the the shivers up the spine when someone touches this. 
What is yours? Oh, oh God, yeah. No, styrofoam for me. Yeah, you can feel it in it, the back of your mouth almost, in your teeth. Am I right? Yeah, it, it starts at the base of my spine ah. and literally as you, goes right up to uh, my teeth. Yeah. And it, it's absolutely horrendous. Uh, the funny part is, being an electrician, I deal with it constantly. No, I can't even touch the stuff. Like, I literally have to ask my husband to unpack boxes. It's so bad. I, You know, when we were, you know, Gen Xers, so uh, we didn't have those Coleman, like, they're going to be in landfill forever, never break down plastic coolers. We had the Starfoam coolers. Did you ever go oh, camping with those? And people would open them, yes. you'd be like, ah, hang on, let me walk uh, to another site. You know, just it, it's funny, Kelly, that uh, I love your show, by the way, but I can actually feel the tingle going up my back right now just thinking about that cooler. Me too. Me too. I appreciate the call. We're kindred spirits, Rob. We're suffering together. Uh, Jordan and Grimsby, what's your mesophonia uh, sound that drives you crazy? It's the sound of my dog slowly licking his paws, cleaning them. It makes me want to jump out of my skin. Really? That's now. That is a weird one. I wish your phone was better because you're kind of sounding silent. Yeah. yeah wow. Apologize for that. Oh my gosh. Listen, you know who should apologize absolutely. for that? Rogers, Bell, whoever is survive. Uh, you know, providing you with service that you're paying too much for. But the dogs licking the paw—that's a new one. Hey, Daniel in Toronto, we're talking about misophonia. It's real. One in five people in this study uh, turned out to have it. It's a real aversion. Like you have to, a visceral. F- reaction to this sound what's yours they're just it's just i, I find that i don't know if my hearing is good because my eyes are terrible mm-hmm. but uh i find that any high-pitched noise i can hear very immensely in my ears and it drives me nuts like really high-pitched not like in music or concerts just a single high-pitched noise like maybe the ringing of a bell maybe something you know if there's something ringing in my car i can hear it it really bothers oh. me i'll also tell you something really funny actually mm. oh heavy bre- Heavy breathing. Yeah. So there's a popular show in the United States called First Take. It's a sports show that goes on in the morning. They talk about all kinds of different sports. And there's one commentator who used to play for the Celtics, Kendrick Perkins. And the last, last this week and a few weeks ago, both of the other commentators, Stephen A. Smith and J.J. Reddick, stopped him in the middle because he was like heavy breathing, <laughs> moaning in their ears, like inside of the in the headphones because he was, he's not on the set with them. He's remote. Yeah. So, and they had to tell him to stop breathing, like in the middle of the show. 